Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. You're about to hear the Serving Today programme, which is for pastors and church leaders. This episode was recorded with the late Phil Crowter back in the early 2000s, before he went to glory. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for the servants of Christ. I'm Derek French and it's good to be with you once more. Preaching through Mark, Phil Crowder completes his studies in Mark's Gospel. Well, we've come to our final study on preaching through Mark's Gospel. I'm really grateful to Phil Crowder for helping us with this. So, Phil, thank you for all the hard work you've done in guiding us. Oh, it's been a great privilege to be able to share these things with you. Well, we've come to verses 9 to 20 of Mark 16. They're not the easiest of verses, are they? But what sort of title have you given to that? And perhaps you could give us some background to them. Believe and Tell is the title. Now, there's a, some question about whether Mark wrote these verses, verses 9 to 20. Uh, he probably didn't. And there are many good reasons to think that's the case. However, if you want to stop Mark chapter 16 at verse 8, it does seem a strange place to end. So perhaps Mark wasn't able to finish. Probably someone else added these verses many years later. And this isn't trying to undermine God's word at all. Many people who love God's word do say this about Mark 16. Yes, well, there are other parts of the Bible, aren't there, where the Lord has used editors. They've explained things or added things That's the for, case. for our benefit. That's yes. right. Yes. And we do need to remember that this section is part of our Bible as we have it. Yes, and, and the Lord has guided the writing of all of it, hasn't he? He has. Yes. Most of the these verses are found in, in the other Gospels. I think there's just one little warning, though. I think we, we need to be careful about the parts that are only found here. And uh, you'll see why I say that when we come to the notes a little bit later. But this ending certainly shows that the disciples were slow to believe and yet, Jesus still has a job for them. They must go and tell the world the good news of Jesus. So let's read those verses, shall we? When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe it. Afterwards, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with the signs that accompanied it. Great, thank you. Let's just notice a few things then from the verses here. In verse 14, 
Jesus rebukes them. He tells them off for their lack of faith, their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. You know, they should have believed the people who had seen Jesus. And that's why Jesus tells them off. We must believe the witness of reliable people. And verse 16, Jesus says, Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. Now, baptism does not save anyone. Baptism doesn't even help to save anyone. However, someone who believes in Jesus will show that they believe. And the Bible says that they should be baptised to show their faith. And so that's why Jesus links believing and baptism here. In verses 17 and 18, Jesus does promise many gifts to his people. But these ones do seem very strange, don't they? The rest of the Bible doesn't say that Jesus' people will be able to pick up snakes or drink poison, at least not on purpose. That doesn't really fit with what the Bible tells us. The Bible certainly says that we should not do dangerous things to put God to the test. That's very clear from Matthew 4, verses 5 to 7. I think it would be good to read that. Thank you, Derek. Yes, yeah, certainly, Phil. I mean, this was when Satan was tempting Jesus, wasn't he, to, to mm. do precisely that. Yes. And, uh, uh, and we read, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Very clear, isn't it? It is. Well, not to do irresponsible things. That's right. And I think it's worth also noticing in verse 17 and in verse 20 that these are signs. It talks in verse 20 about the signs that accompany the preaching of the gospel. Some versions translate this miracles, but notice that these weren't just miracles. They were miracles to show that the message was from God. And that's what a sign means. A sign tells us something. And you might like to think, why was there a special need at this time for these signs? Why might it be different today? When might God do special miracles to show that his word is true? Have a think about those questions. Well, what do you suggest we have as our, our main theme for the sermon? At last the disciples believe. Now they must tell the world. And how do you suggest we introduce that? I suppose this comes from my own preaching through Mark's Gospel. It's wonderful, isn't it, to spend so many weeks preaching about Jesus and who he is and what he's done. But our prayer all the time must be that our people will believe. And this is why Mark tells his good news, isn't it? In Mark 1, the first verse, the beginning of the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and verse 15, the time has come, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. So as you finish, Mark, pray that everyone will see how important this is. Look at verse 16. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Well, what do you suggest we have as our sermon headings? 
Well, we need to believe the good news and then tell it. So they're the two points. Believe the good news, verses 9 to 14. Perhaps you can tell a story something like this. You have some good news to tell and you tell people, but no one believes you. How do you feel about that? How many times in this section do we read that people did not believe? You, you can count them up. The disciples, you see, are so sad because Jesus is dead and they can't believe that he is now alive. So what does Jesus think about this? Well, verse 14 tells us, Later Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. It's very sad when we will not believe. Jesus, just think of it, Jesus has gone through all of that pain for his disciples. He's died for their sins on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's done all this for them. They won't believe that it's true. Are you like that? How many times have you heard about Jesus? You know all the facts. You know that the Bible tells you the truth. But you still will not believe in Jesus. What does Jesus think about that? And you could read verse 16 to finish this section. Yes, it's like we've said earlier, isn't it? This is a point where there's a real urgency here, mm. isn't there? For people to really grasp the truth and believe it with all their hearts and mm. commit their, their whole lives to the Saviour. Because without that, they will perish. That's what verse 16 says, isn't it? Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Won't get much clearer than that, can you? No, indeed, no. Well, your first point is believe the good news. You said the second is tell the tell good news. Tell it. Tell yeah. the good news. Verse 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Again, an illustration helps, doesn't it? When you have good news, what do you do? You don't keep quiet about it, do you? Mm. You tell everyone. Now, that's even if, if it's just good news that affects you. But imagine that your good news is going to affect many people. Perhaps you found, say, a, a good medicine for AIDS. Would you keep it secret? Oh, that would be so wrong to do that. Jesus tells the disciples to go and tell the world about him. These disciples are the beginning of Jesus' church. So the command is for us today, for believers today. The world still needs to hear the good news. So think, who in your country needs to hear about Jesus? Who doesn't know the truth about him now? Or what about other countries? What does your church do to help tell the world the good news? We can have many excuses, can't we? Perhaps we don't feel very gifted or we're afraid. Afraid of what people will say to us. Or we're busy. Or we're plain lazy. We find it hard because people don't want to know about Jesus. Well, the disciples didn't find it easy. Some people hated them and killed them, but Jesus tells them, Go! And tell them the good news. And if you love the good news, you will want to tell other people. If you love Jesus, you will want to obey him. So have a think and a pray about how to do this. Take some time out to work through what your response will be. So Phil, how do you suggest we finish preaching on this gospel? Well, I do find verse 20 really encouraging, don't you? Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, 
And the Lord worked with them Hmm. and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. Jesus in heaven worked with them. Jesus did his great work. He came to die and rise again. And now he's gone to heaven. And now his people must do the work that he's given them. But you see, Jesus works with us. We're not alone. As we tell the good news, Jesus gives eternal life. Praise him for that. And with that description from Phil Crowther of the precious blessings that come as we proclaim the gospel about Jesus, we bring this edition of Serving Today and this series on preaching Mark's gospel to a close. As well as being so helpful, this series has also been very poignant. While recording these programmes, Phil was diagnosed with terminal illness, but was determined to complete the recordings before he went to be with the Lord in heaven, which is where he is now. He was faithful in his service to the Lord to the very end, and his life and ministry have been a personal encouragement and challenge to me. I thank the Lord for the privilege of knowing Phil and working with him on Mark's Gospel. I know that more than anything, he would want us to preach this precious portion of Scripture, and may the Lord help us to engage on that great task. This is Derek French saying goodbye, and may God bless you. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.